Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Are you ready for the word this morning? Okay, good deal. We are continuing our series that we launched out on a few weeks ago. This is part three of a series we've entitled Fueled by Love. And uh, we've just been looking at the way that Jesus loved us through his passion for us. Uh, That was a great demonstration of love towards us. We learned in our first session together that it wasn't the nails that held Jesus to the cross. It wasn't the, the threat of the Roman centurions or the religious elite among the Jews that held him there to the cross, but rather it was his love for you and I that constrained him to the cross of Calvary to give his life for us, the the propitiation for our sins. So today we, we look forward and we learned last week that the Lord served us with a love that operates in humility, that he made himself of no reputation and took on the form of a servant, being found in the likeness of a servant, became obedient to the death, even the death of the cross. So he has loved us in that way. And today, we're going to look at how Jesus loved us with an enduring love. Jesus loved us with an enduring love. You see, Jesus left us an example of endurance so that you and I can have a faith that endures. And I want to invite you this morning to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, the, the writer to the Hebrews has something Uh, interesting to say about the subject of endurance so if you've got your spot there shout amen oh that was weak (laughs) if you've got your spot there shout amen Amen. okay Um, so we're gonna we're gonna read here these first couple of verses and as we're reading these verses through if you're still finding your spot there that's okay I want to I pose a question to you that maybe you can begin to process this scripture through that grid and I want to ask you today do you ever wonder why do you ever do you ever stop and just think about why certain things are recorded in scripture as they are because sometimes I think it would do us really good just to really stop and ponder what's being said and ask now why why is that included why is that included in in the spirit's inspiration for you and I today in the preservation of the word And this is one of those cases because I'm going to hopefully be able to show you that I think some of us have a incomplete receptivity to this word that's here. I think sometimes we let our our fantasies get in the way of what the word is actually saying to us and speaking to us. So hopefully today we'll receive this word on a deeper level. So uh, Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset, and let us run with endurance. Your Bible may say patience, one and the same. The race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, I ask you at the onset if you had ever thought about and just asked why. Why are certain things included in Scripture? And I don't know if you caught it or not, but as we read through this, the, the writer to the Hebrews admonishes believers to run with endurance, to run with patience, 
the race that is set before us. And I'm, I'm not sure about you, but I think sometimes we, when we're thinking about this text in particular, this Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I think sometimes, and I, this is anecdotal, I don't have any hard data to base this on, but just conversations that I've had with people and, and things people say to me sometimes, I think that we read this text and we pick out the parts that we like and we become dismissive of the things that really challenge us here in the text or things that don't fit into the confines of the way we want things to be. How many of you have an ideal about life? You have an ideal of the way you think things ought to be, the way every situation ought to turn out, what your bank account ought to look like, how your children ought to behave, how people ought to treat you. You've got all these ideals about the way life is supposed to go. Right? And, and I'm not sure that when we're reading this text here sometimes that we don't miss this because we are, we're totally elated with the idea that there is a great cloud of witnesses, those that have already gone on before us. They, bless God, they persevered, they made it through, they're cheering me on, right? And, and we, we just, our spirits are freed. Listen to this, listen to this. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us therefore put aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us, right? Is it, ooh, freeing. Aren't you, aren't you free? You're free right there, right? We're free right there in Jesus' name. But I think somewhere along the way, we get miscued in our minds into thinking that if we just think about the encouragement of the great cloud of witnesses and we do indeed cast off our weights and our sin, then we'll have it made and there will be no further struggle. Like, and we've got the keeping our eyes on Jesus part too. We're going to... it's. Somehow it seems that we've received this beginning part of verse 2 as a step in a formulaic process. Three easy steps to following Jesus. You know, we, we've got it reduced down that neat. Number one, if we just think about everybody who's already made it in the glory land. Number two, put off all your sins and the weight that does so easily beset you. Step three, keep your eyes on Jesus and none of the hardships of this life will ever be a problem again. Right? That's, that's, I think that's the way we process this sometimes. And, and the thing is, what happens is, when life smacks us upside the head, then all of a sudden we find this problematic because we weren't expecting that. We're, we're somehow surprised when everything doesn't turn out like we desired that it would. When life doesn't match our ideals, then we're like troubled in our spirit. But can I tell you that the reason that the writer to the Hebrews says to you and I to run with endurance, run with patience, can I tell you you're not going to be admonished to endure things or to be patient with things that aren't obstacles in your path, that aren't thorns in your flesh, that aren't things that run counter to and contrary to the way that you think things ought to be. We're going to face hardships in this life. That's why it's included in here. Some, somehow, you know, I think I was thinking through this passage and, and I think sometimes we interpret Hebrews 12 to fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, the same way that people give the advice to somebody who's afraid of heights, who finds themselves in a high place. 
Do you know what people, if somebody finds themselves up in a high place and, and, and they're there and they're scared and whatever, what do people say to them? Don't look down. Oh Lord, don't look down. What does that do? Nothing. Nothing. It does not eliminate the fact that they're still up high and they're still in peril and a misstep will lead them possibly to their death and they're in danger, right? It, it doesn't, just because you say don't look down, it doesn't dismiss the danger. That's my point. And I think somehow or another we've got it in our minds that if we just stay focused on Jesus, all the danger, all the toils, all the snares are just going to disappear. That's not true. I'd be misleading to you today to say, listen, if you just turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look, and, and that's, I'm, not, I'm not coming against that song, okay? Don't, don't misunderstand me. That is right because here's what happens. When we begin to turn our eyes to Jesus, it sets a different perspective for us. It helps us to see our troubles and our disappointments and our heartaches and our pain and our woe in a different light, but it doesn't dismiss the fact that it's still there. I, I thought about it this way too. You know, sometimes, you know, you and I, we, how many of you have ever had somebody talk about you? Like word come around. And, and somebody comes back and says, man, I hate to tell you this, but this person over here, they said X, Y, and Z about you. I don't know if you know that or not. And then they say something like this, you know, well, you know, but just don't listen to them anyway. Right? Now, now let me just listen to Pastor Steve this morning. It does not need to define you, but you better hear what they're saying because there might come a moment that you just have to establish some boundaries in your life. That you might have to say, you know what, I love you in the love of the Lord, but I'm going to have to love you from a distance because my life and my trouble is not the fodder for your drama and it's not the fuel for your personal drama. So I'm going to love you over there, right? Because you, you can't just say, well, just ignore what they said. No, don't ignore what they said. Don't give them any fuel for their little fires they tried. Don't, you, you've got to do life differently. Somebody might say, no, 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 just, just ignore the problem, ignore the pain, ignore the heartache, and, and just look at Jesus. I want to tell you something that you better not ignore it. You better not ignore it or you're going to be more jacked up than you can imagine. You better know how your adversary is coming at you. You better recognize the places in your life where you struggle against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness of this age. You better know that it's not against flesh and blood that you struggle, but against the darkness of this age. You better recognize the way that the adversary is coming at you. Don't be so singularly focused that you get it in your mind that just as you concentrate on Jesus there's going to be no problems in this world I'm going to help y'all stand on the promise of God this morning you like that don't you oh pastor we love promises we love the promises of God here's a promise for you Jesus said in the world you will have trouble that's a promise that's a guarantee you live in a sin-sickened, fallen world. And in this world, child of God, you will have problems. You will have drama. You will have issues in this life. You better not turn a blind eye to the way the adversary is trying to fool in your life. 
You, you better recognize, you better know where your struggle's at. Why does the writer instruct the believer to run with patience or endurance? The same reason that Peter encourages the believer not to think it's strange when, some, when they face some fiery trial. The same reason that James challenges the believer to count it all joy when they encounter the trials of life. The same reason that Paul says, in all these things. Do you remember what it was that Paul said was saying in all these things too? In peril, in nakedness, in dangers. I've been shipwrecked. I've been beat. I've been had all these troubles on me. I've been in jail. I've been, I've been, I've been ostracized by the religious community. I've had people talk about me. I've had people put me down. I've had people try to kill me. But in all these things, I've been made more than a conqueror because my sight is set and my perspective has shifted. So that just like we sing about in this house all the time, if he walked out of the grave, I'm walking too. If he overcame the haters, I can overcome too. If he was able to get past the fact that he'd been stabbed in his back, then I can know how to forgive too. If he looked off at a crowd of people that were crucifying him and said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing, then I can forgive the injustices perpetrated against me and I I can begin to let the glory of God resonate and radiate out of my life. What are we really looking for when we look unto Jesus? Because we do need, I'm not saying we don't look unto Jesus. I'm just saying we don't look unto Jesus with the expectation that trouble disappears because it doesn't. Again, he promised you're going to have trouble, but his promise with that is, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. The, the writer who encouraged us to look unto Jesus, the author, finish of our faith, the perfecter, the consummator. Why? Because Jesus did it right. Jesus did it right. Looking unto Jesus provides us a different perspective. When we're looking on at life and we're looking at the trouble and the hardship and all the anxiety and all those things and just saying, God, I can't take this. There's a pattern set before us that says, oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Where your strength is run out, God's strength is made perfect in Christ Jesus, and you can. I want you to look at two people right now before you fall asleep and say, you're going to make it. You're going to make it in Jesus' name. You're going to make it in the power of the Holy Ghost. You're going to make it. Watch, watch this example. We, we watch his example. The one who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The one who was tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. The one who said, I will never leave you nor forsake you and my grace is sufficient for you. Jesus knew who his haters were, but that never knocked him off his route. He knew who the betrayers were, but that didn't stop him. He knew that the pathway wasn't going to be comfortable or accommodating, but that didn't stop him. He knew that his commitment to the will of the Father was going to lead him to Golgotha and for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He had an eternal crown in mind. He had an eternal crown in mind, a specific mission, a specific calling. And let me tell you something. If you've ever heard a message, number one, at Faith Assembly Church, then you know the message of this church is that God has called you, God has ordained you, God has commissioned you with an eternal purpose. 
all of us together corporately as a church we have a purpose and we have a calling but each of us individually as believers we have a purpose and we have a calling and your call is to run the race that God has charted out before you the the blueprint for your life that is out ahead of you God has called you to run that race and it's important that we do so with endurance and endurance requires commitment to the cause Enduring love invites us to never give up hope as we are striving towards the finish line. Enduring whatever life brings. The Bible, again, makes it clear that we're, we're going to face hard times and we face these things while we're running our race. We'll, we'll have to learn to endure frustration, pain, hardship. And today we've only looked at a couple of passages that reiterate the consistent message that we'll find out all throughout the Bible. But even Jesus had to endure trouble, persecution, pain, and suffering. And he was, he was ultimately willing to endure the cross. Why? Why? What was the joy that was set before him? The joy that was set before him wasn't the torture and the cruelty of the cross. The joy that was set before him was not three days in the tomb. The joy that was set before him was not even the resurrection because he didn't have to go through the death and the burial. He could have just stayed in the portals of glory. But he stepped out and he took on the form of a servant and became obedient to the death of the cross so that for the joy set before him that you and I who sin had separated from almighty God could be reconciled and that the glory of God that radiated through his life and ministry and he said if I be lifted up from the earth I will draw all men to myself and now you and I because of his enduring love can know Jesus now here's the funny thing Culturally, this was a death tool that illustrated shame. And I want to speak to somebody right now in this place, somebody at, across our campuses, maybe those of you that are watching online this morning. And, and I just want to say, you may be facing some things right now that if, if you were to lay your heart bare here in, in the family of God, if you were to come up front and just begin to share the things that you're struggling with right now, it would, it would generate a whole load of shame in your life and and there was nothing more humiliating there was nothing more demeaning than crucifixion yet Jesus endured that for you and I and maybe maybe you're saying today pastor you don't understand what I've been going through you don't understand the challenges in my life and and all the things that I've been facing and it would be really humiliating get can, time out can we get to the place in the body of Christ where we understand that there is not one whole person apart from the grace and the love of Almighty God in this place and there but by the grace of God go I into the shoes of the most broken among us and we cast aside all the judgment and we make the house of God a safe place where people can come in and begin to share their brokenness and tell their story and find healing and find hope and find restoration can we can we do that I think it's time 
Because you, you may be going through something right now and you may not understand it and you might be embarrassed by it and it may be a shameful situation, but can I tell you that if you will love the glory of God being revealed through your life more than you love your own ego, can I tell you that in the end, God will take what you are going through right now, reveal his glory through it, and in the same way that Jesus dying on the cross revealed the love of God to you and I, the grace of God will be seen through your life and mine, and others will see the goodness of God and come to know him as their Lord and Savior. He will turn your mess into a message. Your test will be your testimony. Your suffering will be your story as you tell people how you made it through by the goodness of Almighty God. You may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but you will find faithful in our Savior that He is mighty to save and to preserve and to see you through. Hey! Where's Jamel? Oh. Mm. See, here's what I want you to understand, and we're closing. You can, you can stand all over this place today across all our campuses and prepare our hearts for a time of response at the altar because here at, here at Winterville, there at Chocowinity, even, even in your place, those of you that are watching online, we want to invite you in these few moments just to humble our hearts before the Lord. And I know there may be some that are under the sound of my voice today that you've faced grievous hardships and you just don't understand all the things that have been going on in life. I want to tell you something. God is with you. You're not alone. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He's preparing the table before you in the presence of your enemies. He's anointing your head with oil so that the pestilences of this world that would come against you can't find a comfortable place to reside in your life. All throughout Jesus' earthly ministry, he was reminding people that he too was not alone. God the Father was directing his steps. Jesus was finding moments, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, to spend one-on-one -on -one time with his Father. And he models for us what it meant to be fully reliant on God's strength and God's plans. And this is where the Holy Spirit comes in. We, when we realize what it means that we're never alone, then we're willing to allow God to lead us down difficult paths. And Jesus himself says that the Holy Spirit will never leave us nor forsake us. Whether, whether you're enduring a tough season right now or, or one that's producing much fruit, just give God the glory for his faithfulness and in never leaving or forsaking us and for giving us the Holy Spirit because we're truly never alone in this journey. And this is what I want to invite you to in this moment. If you've been through something and now you're standing on the mountaintop on the backside of it, in these closing moments, I just want you to give God your all in worship. 
and just bless him and praise him for the things that he's done in your life and just say thank you God for seeing me through but if you're here today and you're struggling through some situation and you've got some stuff that's going on that you don't understand I want to read for you a different text here from Hebrews chapter 4 and we've alluded to it in the course of this message already but I just I want to I want to just slow down here and just read this for you so that you really get this resonant in your heart. The writer to the Hebrews states, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who can't sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us, therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy, grace to help in the time of need. And today, if you're in that time of need and you're, you're, you're caught off guard and you just, you can't understand and you can't make sense, I want to invite you to faith today, to sincerely believe that God is working all things for your good. You may be walking through a tough place right now. You may be trotting through a valley, but understand this, the mountain's top is on the way. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.